This is the Influencers Network Podcast. My name is Brian Craig, and I'm your host. Uh, I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I live in Bentonville, Arkansas, the beautiful home of, of our, uh, our home office of the Global Office. Um, well, uh, we do a lot of different things on these podcasts, and today I have a special guest, uh, Charles Zimmerman, and Charles is... Uh, I guess if, if we have titles, uh, he's an area manager. So he's helping Tom C., who's our uh, regional director for Northwest Arkansas. He's helping Tom in organizing journey groups and helping men in uh, in this area called Siloam Springs, which is, is near Bentonville. So uh, you'll hear a little bit about that in a second. But anyway, uh, what's, what's good is to hear a man's story. I think sometimes we talk about God's Word. Sometimes we talk about... Uh, wisdom from Rocky, but uh, sometimes it's re- it's refreshing just to hear a man's story and uh, how God drew him to Himself. And so, welcome, Charles Zimmerman. Thank you, Brian. And uh, I, uh, you know, I want you just I'm going to turn it over to you, Charles, and kind of let you tell your story, and you can pick it up kind of wherever you want to start back a little bit. But uh, but let's just talk about kind of how you grew up and and ended up uh, all the way to you intersected this thing called the journey and abiding in Christ. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard a lot of these podcasts. I've heard a lot of testimonies at the anchor and, uh, in our journey groups. And I got to tell you, mine may be on the surface kind of boring because I, I didn't have a failed marriage. I didn't grow up in gangs. Uh, I haven't had a child go wayward, you know, none of that stuff that you hear in some of these really, you know, gripping testimonies, but um, uh, it's still really amazing how God stepped in at a certain time, that certain time being the journey, and we'll get to that. But but I, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I mean, I went to church from the very beginning. I, I was saved when I was seven years old over in your stomping grounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I can remember that church service, like, and I have a terrible memory, but I can remember it, it like it was you know, yesterday. The, the hymn was Just As I Am. And I remember the pastor, when I went down front, he, he said, you know, you seem to be in a hurry to get down here. And I said, well, I feel like I'm a big steel ball and there's a magnet at the pulpit. You know, again, I'm seven years old, but, but I mean, that's what it was. I felt God drawing me to make a decision that day. So saved at seven, uh, grew up, you know, about as a boring of a teenage years, as you can imagine, always dating Christian girls, always going to church, always being the guy that all the ladies wanted their daughters to date because I was safe. You know, no one worried about Charles. So then I went to college Got immediately involved in the Baptist Student Union, like a good Christian boy would do. And, and, and all this time, I was going, doing all the right things. I was going to Bible studies. I was going to Sunday school. You know, wasn't smoking pot, wasn't drinking, wasn't doing any of that type stuff. But that, that was about it. I mean, there, there really wasn't a lot more than just doing what a Christian teenage guy ought to do. So get to University of Arkansas, get involved in the Baptist Student Union, still doing all the right things, uh, graduate, move down to Dallas. And when I was in Dallas, um, you know, all of a sudden it's time to start thinking about, you know, 
you know, what's next? And obviously, single guy, one of the what's next is find a wife. And I met this guy and he said, you know, Charles, you know, one of the things that you ought to be doing is praying for your wife, wherever she is. So just pray that God will protect her, encourage her, that her husband is out there. And, you know, I don't think I'd ever really prayed fervently and consistently for anything, but for a couple of months, that's what I did. And, you know, it's been over 30 years ago, so I don't remember a lot of the details, but uh, dated a couple Dallas gals, and no, I just did not see myself marrying a girl from Dallas. So one day I went for a drive, and I found myself in Tyler, Texas. And if anybody's familiar with Northwest Arkansas and that part of uh, Texas, they kind of look similar. So I just decided right there on that day, you know what, I, I want to move to Tyler. So I went back and told my boss I wanted to transfer to Tyler, and I got it. A couple weeks later, I moved on a Saturday to Tyler, Texas. That Sunday, I'm sitting in the parking lot of church waiting for the service to start because, again, I'm a good Christian guy. I go to church, and I look up um, as I'm waiting for the service to start, sitting in my car, and I'm walking through the parking lot as this girl. She turns and looks at me. I look up, look at her, and 12 months later, that was my wife. Uh, and I do not believe it was a accident that I wound it up in Tyler, Texas, at Central Baptist Church on that Sunday. So here I am now. I'm married to this great Christian girl, beautiful girl. Another year or so later, we have a son. Uh, so I, I, I've got it all. I've got this great job. Uh, I've got this wonderful Christian wife. I've got this son that I'm going to raise in a Christian home. So I kind of think, okay, now you just kind of ride this into the sunset. And I've heard Les Piercy use the phrase, uh, I think, splintered Christian, riding the pew to heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I was doing. And, you know, I don't think at the time I really thought there was anything else I should be doing. I mean, I'm going to church all the time. I'm not carousing. I'm not beating my wife. You know, what, what more should I be doing? So fast forward, you know, many, many years. So, and, and I can tell you, Brian, I was not the husband I always thought I would be. Now, again, I, I didn't, from a worldly standpoint, I didn't do things that I'm ashamed of. But from a spiritual standpoint, I was not the husband that God wants us to be for our wives. And even more disappointing, I was nowhere near the father I needed to be for my son. I don't think I ever really set a uh, spiritual, you know, model for him, for him to follow. But fortunately, you know, he, he was born again when he was about 12, grew up to be a phenomenal young man, never had a bit of issue with him. So, you know, here I am now, son's in college. I'm entering the twilight of my career. I've got it all. I mean, I, I really do. So I, I'm getting ready to be able to retire at an early age, mid-50s, Again, um, yeah, perfect marriage, perfect son who's married, perfect Christian girl from right here at JBU in Siloam Springs. So it's all good. So I do retire. And right after I retired, a guy that wanted me to be on his board up in Canada met with me. And the first thing out of his mouth in this kind of almost interview, we knew each other, but this was more of a business discussion. He said, Charles, are you a Christian? 
And I said, yes, I am. And I prayed he would not ask any more because, quite frankly, my story ended there. I mean, my testimony was I was saved at seven. End of story. Um, And he said, well, I'm glad to hear that. He said, I've got a book I want you to read. And he gave me a book called Transformation by Ed Silvoso. And if anybody has listened to Tony Elliott's uh, podcast, Tony mentions Ed Silvoso because Rocky took a group of men to hear Ed Silvoso speak during the early years of forming influencers. So I read this book and it's all about how the marketplace is, you know, really the great opportunity for ministry. It's, it's directed at business people that like I am or was. So I read the book. It's very um, convicting. And I go to my first board meeting and uh, Brian Elliott, the CEO, says, what do you think of the book? I said, it was really, really good. It, it convicted me. He says, well, that's good. My prayer team has been praying for you. So this guy's got a prayer team embedded in his company. And he says, I've got another one of Ed's books. It's called Ecclesia. So he gives me that book. I read it again. It's, it's marketplace ministry. It, it convicts me even more. But I really don't know what to do with it. And it was about that time there were some things going on in our church that we, we were doing a 28 days of prayer. There were, there were some difficult times going on. So for the first time in 30 years since I prayed for my wife every night, I'm praying every day for 28 days. At the same time, I'm reading these books that are starting to convict me. So I'm starting to get in a little bit of turmoil. And I reach out to a good Christian friend of mine, uh, Chris Young in Bentonville that runs an architecture engineering firm. I've told him about this. He brings me two more books, books that many of your listeners will be familiar with. with. One is called Halftime. The other one is called The Life You've Always Wanted. So I read those two books. And now, Brian, I am really I'm shaking. There's something going on and I'm seeing all these things. Yes, I know that's the way I need to be. I know that's the life I need to live. But how? I I mean, it's it's telling me all these what's, but it's not telling me the how. And it's like, what's this big secret? Where's the how? So by this time, uh, I'm a wreck. And there's a gentleman in Tulsa, Ken Hershey, who you know, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I, I've known for 25 years. And I, and I go to see him because I've seen him really transformed in the last several years. And I'm in his office and I, I'm I'm weeping. And you know me, that's not hard to do, but I, I'm weeping. And I say, Ken, I've seen you go from a man that I didn't even know was a believer to being the type of man of God that I want to be. You know, what happened? And of course, I've shared all these books that I've read. I've told him the whole story. So he says, well, I've got two more books for you. First one he gives me is Man in the Mirror. Great book. But again, it's all the stuff that I've been reading before. The other one he gives me is Journey to the Inner Chamber. And I look at that book and it's, it's, I could tell it's an easy read. I thumbed through it. It's an allegory. I love allegories. And I say, hey, this is great. I've got a flight to Cleveland next week. I'll knock this out on the first leg. So next week I get on the plane and I, I, we get up, level off. It's quiet. I open the book. I start reading. And here it comes, Brian. <laughs> I get to the end of the first page where the character hears God say, stop resisting me. And I lost it on the plane right there because that was God speaking to me in a way that I hadn't heard in 50 years since I was saved. 
And it took three days to read that little book because I had to keep stopping and praying, stopping and praying. And it just showed me what I'd been missing for 50 years. So as soon as I got home, I called Tom C., because I used to work for Tom C. I, I knew the old Tom C. that everybody's heard about. And I'd say, hey, I just read this book, and I know there are these things called journey groups. How do I get in? Within a week, I was in a journey group. Within four weeks, I knew I would probably always be in a journey group for the rest of my life. And it has completely changed me. Um, so I know I was converted 50 years ago, and I wouldn't say that no transformation took place, but the transformation that's taken place in the last 12 months or so since I first started the journey has eclipsed the previous 50 years. And I, I know it's never going to end. I, 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 I'm got co-guiding two journey groups right now. Uh, I'm, I'm journaling every day. I mean, if there's the one thing that I would say has been probably the biggest component, it's been the journaling because I never knew how to hear from God. I knew how to talk. I kind of knew how to talk to God. But this is now how I hear from God. I mean, people that don't journal, I really, how do you hear from God if you're not giving him that real easy avenue to tell you straight from his word what he uh, wants to tell you? So, um, again, it, it's been amazing. You know, you joke around with people that next to Mark Sewell, I may have given out more journey groups <laughs> than anybody. And I've only been doing it for 12 months. But I think I've given out somewhere between 50 and 100 journey groups. And it's amazing the guys that I give it to that literally the next day say, when can we talk? Yeah. I mean, because those are the guys like me that had a void that had just been sucking vacuum for years and years and years. And suddenly that simple little allegory explained how you can fill that void. Mm. So, uh, I want to go back to kind of where you were before, I guess, maybe when you were in your 20s, 30s, you know, and all that. I mean, looking back, you feel some regret. Oh, like, yeah. The way you treat your wife or, or your kid or didn't or things you didn't do. But you did back then. You didn't really know. Right. You didn't really. Did you did, do you think you saw it or were you just trying to ignore it? Or what? You know, I, I did to a certain degree. So and I've heard David Welton's you know testimony. He talks about his anger issues. Hey, my anger issues were on a par that I hope there's not many people have ever experienced. So when I would have one of those outbursts, yeah, I'd regret it. And I know I can't do that. But, you know, knowing that you can't do that doesn't stop it from happening again. Uh, so there, there were those big moments, but there was all the rest of the little moments that I don't think I knew that I was missing out on. Do you think there were some people in your life or opportunities that were there, but you just didn't see them? You were blinded to them, maybe? Or or were they not there? You know, I don't know. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, God's plan for our lives. And I got to believe God knew when I got on that airplane on August 16th of 2017, because I've memorialized that date in my uh, Journey to the Inner Chamber book. He knew I was going to get to the bottom of that first page, and that was going to be that. Hmm. Now, I'm sure he did it purposefully intend for 50 years for me not to transform. But somehow in his grand plan, he knew that that was the path I was going to go. 
Um, so I don't know. Um, maybe my testimony now and the men I meet with is what it is because I went through those 50 years of not growing and missing out on all that. So I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. But I mean, it, it, when I look back at what happened and the dominoes that fell and the sequence that they fell, starting literally the Monday after I retired, that that wasn't coincidence. Oh, no, no. I've, I'm sure he was pursuing you. And and it, I guess I think he was probably pursuing you earlier than that. Maybe you just didn't see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I kind of look at it this way, too. When, when I was at Walmart, I, I was consumed. So I had a big part of my heart for Walmart, another big part for my family. And there wasn't anything else left. When that big Walmart piece drained out, there was a vacuum. And what it got filled with was Jesus Christ and my family. So my family peace grew and Jesus filled a void that he'd been waiting to fill for 50 years. Yeah. And and you do you know a lot of people from your career and all that. And and so you are an influencer now and, and you have bought more books than anyone I know of. You're always coming back, I need another ten or I need another twenty or whatever. I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the other, the other point, I think, is that what we talk about in the journey is in the allegory, there's the bridge that you go across. And most Christians in America, I think, think that's where the story ends. Oh, absolutely. Across the bridge. That's it. Yeah. yeah and any, every journey group that I'm a part of now going forward, I, I draw a picture of that bridge. And I say, you know, Satan's got two big goals. The first one and foremost is to keep you from ever crossing that bridge. Mm -hmm. The second one is if you make it across that bridge, you do not go a step further. Because as long as he can keep you there at the foot of that bridge, you're not going to be bringing others along with you. But if he if you if he lets you get past the foot of that bridge and ever reach that inner chamber, that's when you become dangerous. Mm -hmm. and, and and I I believe that with all my heart that you know what. I believe, you know, the quote, once saved, always saved. I've never been in doubt of my salvation. And I think Satan actually uses that to say, hey, Charles, no, you're good. I've already lost you. Don't worry about it, man. I give up. You you win. Mm -hmm. When all along, no, he, he's, he doesn't have you right where he really wanted you, but he's got you in the next best place, which is doing nothing, not bearing fruit. That's right. I mean, not I, I didn't bear a speck of fruit for 50 years. And now I'm hoping that these journey groups that I'm getting to be a part of and other people I get to visit with, there will be fruit. I know there will be fruit that comes from that. I, I may not see a lot of it, but I know that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing with him. Mm. So you never took any seminary classes, right? Oh, no. In fact, I tell all the guys in these journey groups, all of you know more Bible verses and more theology than I do. I need to catch up. I know that's important, and, and I am catching up. But no, I, I, so my heart knowledge is kind of through the roof right now. I mean, it's got a lot further to go. My head knowledge... Oh man, I'm still in the basement. Yeah. Well, I mean, my point, my point is, I'm thinking about you are such on fire, so on fire to go lead other men. Now, most a lot of guys that go through the journey, they kind of think, oh yeah, yeah, I did that, I did that journey thing like five years ago, and we're, and we're always like, yeah, we tend to say they didn't get it. Yeah. Maybe you know, or something was missing if. If, if they don't have that burning desire to go share with other people, what do, you, what do you make of that? Well, I think it's one of two things. Either they didn't get it or maybe 
their transformation wasn't as dramatic as mine was because mm-hmm. they had experienced transformation through other small groups, Bible study, whatever. So their my transformation is almost like a second salvation. I mean, it, it was that dramatic and that emotional mm. for me. So m- maybe it could be a little bit of both. But but I know I can't not be involved in journey groups. And I've told you this before. I, I feel like it's a sacred responsibility right now. And maybe it's not. In fact, I know it's not for everybody, but it certainly is for me. I mean, God will call different people to do different things. Not all of them are going to be called to lead a journey group. Yeah. But boy, I mean, literally four weeks in, I could pull my original journal out. And when we were talking about, you know, the chief shepherd and flocks, and there is one of the verses where it's really talking about pastors and teachers Mm -hmm. and their flocks. I mean, I had in there, you know, something about, you know, I know you want me to be in charge of a flock, and I think it will be a flock associated with the journey. I'm waiting on you to have that happen. And Mm. He did. So you, you're leading two groups right now? Yes. And so how has that been, guiding guiding men? You know, so you and I talked last time we sat down and had coffee. We talked about spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm experiencing spiritual warfare about that. So I'm being told, hey, you don't know enough Bible to be doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, hey, two of the guys didn't show up today. You're, lo- you're losing traction with this. I mean, it, it's... Uh, I, I, it's it's tough. It really is. I, I really thought this is going to be real easy, real great. <laughs> and it's not for me, just partially because the way I'm wired and Satan knowing where my hot buttons are mm-hmm. and trying to tell me I'm a failure, trying to tell me that, no, 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 you're not good. You need to go through the journey two or three more times before you actually got a group. But I can tell you, uh, yesterday was our journey groups, two of them yesterday, and I walked out of each of those just thanking God for what I saw happening because <laughs> I see what I saw happen to me happen in other lives. Well, you know, and I, I'm thinking, Charles, you got to remember um, what happened with you was less to do with about your guides, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, mostly about what the Holy Spirit was doing, right? So, you know, it's it, although guides are a very important role, but it's really more about just pointing these men to the source, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I want to read something about this spiritual warfare. It's from a book, um, Secrets of the Secret Place by Bob Sorge. And the secret place is basically the inner chamber. <laughs> and he, he said this, and I've read this to you and Pat Callahan before, our enemy will do anything to get us to curtail the amount of time we devote to the secret place with God. He will push, distract, intimidate, harass, incite, oppress, entice, weary, lie, whatever it takes. Make no mistake, when you devote yourself to knowing God, all of hell seems to resurrect against you. And and that's I, I see that happening. And I know he's a defeated foe, but I still feel it sometimes. So, but so how is it affecting? Uh, your wife and your kid and your son. You know, yeah. since they didn't see that the pre, the pre transformation. They they saw dad and husband. So. You, you love to make me cry, don't you? So, <laughs> so I mean, everybody's been through the journey. Know about the part about hindrances, uh-huh. and and that's where one of our journey groups is going through here right now. And I was telling them yesterday. I said, so if any of you are having any trouble identifying any hindrances, ask yourself: Have you been the husband you should have been? Have you been the father 
you should have been. Start there. Because for me, that was the very beginning. And I meant to look at my old journal to see, because it's probably been almost exactly one year ago that uh, we were going through that in my first journey group. And I knew that my, my wife knew that something was happening. Uh, she didn't know exactly what, but she knew something was happening. All of a sudden, the language I used to use wasn't there. All of a sudden, the anger she used to see wasn't there. All of a sudden, the excessive drinking she used to see wasn't there. And I could list a whole lot of other things. And a lot of things she didn't see me doing, she started seeing me. So she knew something was going on. But um, once, one Saturday, I just had to set her down in my study and got down in front of her on my knees for the first time since I proposed to her and apologized mm -hmm. and just told her, you know, for 30 years, I have not been the man I need to be. And, you know, great, great moment. And I knew I needed to do the same with my son. But as everybody can tell, I, I can get emotional about this. And my son is 27 now. He's a physician. Um, married, getting ready to have his first child. And I just knew that him seeing his father fall to pieces would probably be a little too awkward. And he might not hear all the message. So I wrote him a letter. Mm. And very detailed letter, a lot of what we've talked about. And told him things that he would see differently from me. Um, things I hope he doesn't emulate with in his parenting going forward and I got a response from him and it, it was a great response and I believe he probably has that letter in his safety deposit box mm. and someday he's going to have my journals there <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know I, I love that because uh, I read a book years ago speak, speaking of books uh, it was called letters from dad and, and it was talking about a guy who uh, had lost his dad suddenly, and he was in his in the garage looking for something. He was going through the old fishing lures, and he couldn't. He wasn't sure what he was looking for. And then he figured out what he was looking for was a word from his father. Yeah. And his godfather was gone. And his father never wrote anything down, never journaled, you know, right. something he could read, or or never wrote him a card or anything like that. And so he decided to change that. And so he started writing these really heartfelt letters to his wife, to his kids, and he'd even put it in a special treasure box and yeah. all this stuff. But I, but I kind of think what we're doing with journaling is, is one way to help leave that. Legacy. Yeah. And, you know, my, my journal is not directed at my son. It, it is a two-way communication between me and my father. Yeah. Purely. Now, there are things, there's statements about my son in there. There's statements about my soon-to-be-here grandchild, yeah. my daughter-in-law, but I know when he looks at this someday, probably the first thing out of his mouth is just going to be, wow. Mm. And, you know, I hope I hope he's already in an abiding place. But if not, I have a feeling this will help get him there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and your story is great because I guess you were, what, 56, 55 when, when this all started yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's never too late. <laughs> no, and you know, I really think, I mean, you look at, I don't know what journey groups look like around the country, but here in Northwest Arkansas, they look a lot like me. It is a lot of guys at the end, approaching the end of their career. And I really think, and maybe there's 10 different 
descriptions of a poster child for the journey. But I, I think I'm really the ultimate. If there were 10 boxes to check, I think I would have been check, 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 check. So I had, you know, a lot of distractions out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, God had my attention. Um, so, you know, there was just all the, and I had this void that was this vacuum that something was going to fill. And fortunately it was him. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I wish, and I know we're getting it out to more people and the growth is just exponential, but you know, it's going to be exciting to see 10 years from now, just exactly where we are, especially now with some of the, you know, virtual journey groups that you guys are doing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this, this can touch and change anybody. Yeah. Well, and what we're all about is not just trying to get more journey groups and right, numbers. Right. We're just about one man at a time, a man like yourself. You know, I mean, you're worth it all, a guy like you, and, and to see what's happened with you and, and all that. And think of all the other men like you that are just sitting next to us in church. Oh, yeah. They yeah, just wish yeah. somebody would maybe reach out and, to And them. they don't know. That's, that's the scary thing, but they don't know. They don't know. That's I it. mean, if they just knew that there was something else, they'd be all over it. Yeah. But in so many cases, they just don't know. That's the guys that when you give them the book and they call you that night or the next morning, when can we meet? Because it answered a question just like that question I had building up in me. How, how, how? Well, Here's the how, and we just got to get that how into more people's hands. Yeah, that's right. Well, Charles, thank you. Thank you for your story. I I, I love here. I heard it the other day, and I love hearing it, and I, and I love that part about stop resisting me because that that's really so true. So many people have been doing that, and they don't even realize okay. it. I don't think so. Uh, so anyway, well, thank you. Uh, well, anyway, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, for all of you out there, if you've never been through the journey, this process Charles was talking about, please go to our website www.influencers.org, and you can uh, find out how to get hooked into a journey group and. Your area, and if there's not one in your area, we're even doing things like he said, virtual journey groups to uh, reach people in in cities where we're not located yet. But uh, there's lots of good information on there as well. And uh, also, we want you to to be sure and check out our new generosity challenge that we're doing at the end of this uh, this year uh, for your year end giving. And just uh, there's information on the website about that as well. We're we're challenging influencers everywhere to to be generous. So anyway, thank you for your time today and. Uh, I want to just uh, also tell you that you can send us an email if you're interested in uh, like a topic that you'd like to hear about. Send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today. And go-